Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Church Technology. Coming up, we're going to talk about your website and also where this show is going to talk about in the weeks to come. All that right after this. to the very first episode of our newest show called Church Technology. And uh, we have a lot we want to talk about in this show. We already have this long list of things already kind of planned out. And uh, this is all based on technologies that churches use. And it's going to vary from going from an IT infrastructure to soundboards and lighting and uh, video broadcasting. We're going to cover the whole gamut of it. Uh, I've been doing stuff in church technology now since uh, December 95, and I've made a lot of friends and a lot of people that are, know a lot about this stuff. So I have a lot of interesting guests coming up as well. But as typical with the uh, first episode, we generally try to describe the show, but then I'm actually going to jump into one of the subjects, too, that I get asked a lot. So I do a lot of uh, working with other churches and uh, some consulting and things like that as well on all sides of it. So um, I've seen a little bit of everything, and I get lots of questions about that as well. So, uh, tonight, uh, what I want to cover, first of all, is a subject, and then I'm going to go through what we're going to talk about coming up in the upcoming weeks. This is just our short list, so you will see the, how long the short list really is uh, that are things that are coming up. But what we want is for you to tell us what you want to know as well, or questions that you have. So, uh, a little later in the show, I'll give you an email address where you can email us, and you can ask your questions. Uh, you can send us your videos or whatever, just like all the, all the other shows that we have on the TechZen TV network. So, uh, but tonight's subject, what I want to get into is websites. So, uh, it's very common I get asked questions about the best way to create a website. Now, in the old days, <laughs> it's not really that long ago, it's old days, this is a couple years ago, it was very common to pay somebody to design a website that would be done like in HTML. And these days, don't do that. That's just the wrong thing to do. So, I'm going to give you a couple things to look for. Um, there are things that are designed in HTML, like if you go to somewhere like GoDaddy, which I'm not going to recommend GoDaddy, but I'm not going to say don't do, go, do GoDaddy. I don't no longer use GoDaddy, and that's a whole different issue. But um, they do have, and so does Bluehost and, and all the other ones, uh, HostGator. They all have these things you can use to generate web pages. They typically aren't that great, though. But if you're just getting started on something inexpensive, that may be the way to go. But I'm going to recommend a couple things. So the problem with doing HTML is anytime you want to make a change to the website, you have to go in and change the actual website code. There are applications called contact, Content Management Systems, or CMS, uh, that can do this for you very easily. Basically, you set it up one time with a template. You can buy the template, pay somebody to modify it for you, pay somebody to create one for you, whatever. And the template stays the same, and all you're doing is just changing the content that exists in the site. You're not changing the whole site structure, which you would do with, with HTML. And you do it with a GUI interface, which just means you do something as simple as using Microsoft Word or Notepad, something that simple. Um, there are a couple I'm going to recommend. I'm also going to tell you some things to stay away from. And let's start with that first. Uh, if you find somewhere that is a Flask-based site, do not even think about it. The first question you should ask somebody that has a site that they can set up for you, is it Flash-based? If it is, that's an immediate check it off, go away from it. Because 
flash, it not only is it going away, but it's also very dangerous. Um, people tend to get infected via either Java or Flash, the two most popular ways to get a, a computer infected, and you wouldn't want your site being one of the causes of that. The other thing is, by default now, some computers come with Flash not even enabled, and you have to go download it. So if you have somebody who's got a new computer, not very computer literate, and is searching for a church in the area, and they come to your site, it just won't work. So it's just best to stay away from Flash altogether. So now that there are some sites, I'm going to say there are some sites out there that are CMS. They call themselves a content management system, um, and they run on Flash. Just you know, make sure you do not go that direction. Um, so a couple other options, and some people these things you may have heard of. You may have heard of WordPress. Some of you may have heard of Joomla, and there's a couple other ones out there as well. Now those are probably the two most popular ones that are out there. There's some old ones. Uh, PHP Nuke is an old one uh, that I would just recommend you stay away from. It's very technical. And if not very technical, you don't want to do that. The two easiest to use are, um, in my opinion, Joomla and WordPress. They both have their pros and cons. And most of these service providers I was talking about before, uh, either GoDaddy or Bluehost or um, HostGator or any of those kind of sites like that, Pretty much it's a one-click install. You go say, I want to install software, and probably in the top list is this tumor probably listed. And it's a simple, basically saying, I want to install it, and it goes through it. Now, when it installs, it's going, to be, it's going to be the default template. So you have to go find a template, and you can go out and Google and just say, I want a WordPress template or I want a Joomla template, and you'll find plenty of sites. Some of them cost, some of them don't. you got to decide what you want. And if you want modifications, you got to find somebody to do that. However, after the site is set up, it is so easy to maintain. There's not, you basically want to add something new. You go in, you click on add a new article and you tell it what category you want to put it in and you put your text in and hit save and it's immediately online or you can schedule it to be online in a future time. So uh, there's also another option and this is probably the best option that I could recommend right now is there is a, a company called Squarespace and they basically have a content management system that is the easiest to use I've ever seen. It's also not running on anything it's known. So there's no WordPress and no Joomla. What the advantage to that is WordPress is known to get hacked. That's a very common thing. And most of the time the problem is there is some exploit that was found in a plugin you installed and you just don't do regular updates. Most people don't, they forget about it. And Joomla has a similar problem. They're a lot better now with the 2.5 and the 3.0 releases. Um, they're much more stable security-wise, but you still need to keep things updated because everybody has vulnerabilities. And I'm not going to say Squarespace doesn't either. The issue is Squarespace's code is private, so it's less likely to be looked through for an exploit. Also, I have never heard of a Squarespace site going down. I have heard people said that they have beat it up and it never goes down. They have great support. Now, they're a little more expensive. They're like, I don't know. Uh, actually, I'll go look. I think they're like $120 a year for uh, Squarespace, but that really isn't bad. Let's see, let me go look. I should look before I go on here. So really, if you're thinking about $120 a year or something like that, you know, that's not bad at all as far as the cost goes. It's like $12 a month. And it may be less than that if you buy it if for the whole year. Let's see, I'm almost there. Maybe not. Oh, there it is, pricing. 
Okay, I was wrong. It's $16 a month. And um, that still isn't bad. And that's if you if you pay uh, annually. So it's a, you know, 16 times 12. What is that? 180 something, 184, 182 um, dollars a year. But they do everything for you. And it is the simplest thing I've ever seen to set up. But they give you templates you can pick from. You can very easily on your own change the templates without much knowledge of how to do any kind of programming at all. In fact, most of the things that I've done with it, there is no programming needed. It's all just drag and drop and pick checkboxes and things like that. And it's very easy to use. Plus, they have an iPad app that, and an iPhone app, so you can maintain it from there. It doesn't matter what platform you're on, and it's. Um, it also has dynamic loading, which means if you if you look at your page on a web page on the computer and you go to an iPad or an iPhone, uh, it'll dynamically change the page. It'll look the same without squishing everything down. It's auto adjusting. Uh, and that's that's great also. Unlimited bandwidth, unlimited pictures, things like that for $16 a month. Uh, it's a great way to go. Um, and this is not a sales pitch for them because um, I'm not making any money for any of this. But um, that is the way if you're looking for a new page that I would probably recommend just for the security and the ease of use. Then beyond, if you go don't want to go that route, the next option I would do is either Joomla or WordPress. And if you're really kind of green at that stuff wordpress is probably the better option but if you're not quite so green i would go joomla i think joomla is a, a better publishing platform overall than what wordpress is and it's a little bit safer uh it's just more designed to be the kind of thing that a church would use it for versus wordpress is more designed to be a blog and people can adjust it to do things other than blogs but its main purpose was to be a blog publishing platform and if you're doing a blog for your church that's not a bad option now, if you get with Squarespace, you can do it as a web page and a blog at the same time in the same system. No reason to have multiple. Because I have seen people run a church website on one thing and then run a blog on WordPress somewhere else. Now, when I say WordPress, what I don't recommend you do is go to WordPress.org, WordPress.com, to get a free WordPress site because it's not going to have your name. You want to have your church name and the domain name. So the WordPress.com site won't work for you for that. So you have to download and install it on your own domain which is something we're going to talk about in future episodes is about hosting and things like that. But I want to get up there because I get this question all the time about redoing the website and uh, people get frustrated because people say the websites are hard to navigate. Uh, they don't look good. And now these days websites don't look good. People kind of skip past them really fast. So you got to kind of make it look interesting and quick to load, uh, which is another reason you don't just don't want to use flash because uh, somebody comes to your site that doesn't have Flash or takes a while to load or is the older version of Flash. All these different possible problems that you have are just going to skip on by keep on going. So uh, in, the, in these days, you don't want people that are looking for a church to, to skip by and get frustrated with it because it's so hard these days to find people. So that was my main subject for this week. And we're going to go into a lot more detail about websites in the future as well and all the different options. Um, but if you're looking to redo your website, and if you have questions, you can definitely email us at uh, churchtech.com at techzen.tv and we can uh, talk to you about that as well and answer a lot of questions you have. Um, my recommendation of Squarespace is because I personally use it. I've moved almost all my blogs over to Squarespace. I still do use quite a bit of Joomla and I have like one or two WordPress sites left. But besides that, it pretty much I mooted everything off the blogging platforms. So I have personal experience and my experience with them has been uh, top-notch, incredible. Uh, and for the price, it's definitely definitely worth it. Uh, and they are based out of New York City. And I can, I can give you an example. My sites for New York City, whenever uh, Hurricane Sandy came through, was they didn't even go down. And I found out later on they're actually carrying uh, gasoline or diesel up to the generators 
and went for building their in from the ground up. So they never went down even during the hurricane, uh, which is pretty incredible. So, but my whole main point for this week was to don't try to write it yourself. Don't have your next door neighbor's son create one for you in HTML. That That's like, Yes, it'll probably work, but that means you have to go back to him every time you want to make a change to the site. Unless he's going to write a, a database-driven site where you can go and make changes to it, just don't do it that way. The, I mean, those people still do things like that these days, but not very often. Uh, it's just not very flexible. So uh, that was the main answer I wanted to give to people because I've had a lot of questions recently about you know, finding somebody to create the site, and uh, it's just not good to do it that way. Uh, so I'd always been telling people to go to some kind of CMS or content management system. There are other ones out there. Um, other than the Joomla and the WordPress. However, I will tell you that some of them are not very secure. Uh, in fact, they're very insecure, and more than likely your site will get hacked in rather, rather quickly. And if you can just avoid that whole thing, that's the best thing. Because when you get hacked, you could lose stuff. They may shut you down. You don't know it. They could be putting things, distributing things using your domain name uh, that you wouldn't want them to be distributing, especially for being a church organization. So... That's why, again, Squarespace, you know, helps solve all the problem because it just doesn't happen with them because they're a platform-based system that they wrote and it just solves all those issues, those weird issues like that. All right, so I didn't want to go into anything really deep this week because I really want to talk about where we're going to be going with this show. And I have a list of things here and I just sat down and brainstormed for like, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, something like that. And the list is two pages long and this is the short list. I haven't gone into any detail. So one of the other things I get a lot, especially here recently, because everybody here is about this buzzword called the cloud, which I will describe in another episode what the cloud really is, because it, it's not what people think it is. It's just a marketing term. Uh, we've had cloud-type systems forever uh, since the Internet started. So um, this is just another term uh, used for marketing, in my opinion. There's a couple of new technologies that are coming out, but none of them define the cloud, per se. The, the method the cloud works in has been there for a long time. But there are some things we can do, and it helps save churches money uh, in the long run. There's also some other things they do to make things a little bit more resilient. And we'll go through all these different cloud-based technologies, you know, email, document storage, uh, different software that runs in the cloud, the new Office 365, using Google Docs. We're going to go through the whole cloud-based thing. That's coming up. We're going to do a little more on websites. I just brushed with it tonight. Because uh, I'm also going to get in and show demonstrations of different types of website management systems and things like that. We're going to talk about IT in your in your church, and it, we're going to cover it from two different angles. A small church, maybe two or three PCs running around, and to a large church that has maybe 25 to 50 PCs and a bunch of volunteers using them and things like mixture stuff like that. So there's two different types of IT. They are done completely differently in uh, two different sides of the spectrum. We're going to cover that in that. Uh, and as part of that, we're going to talk about managed switches, non-managed switches, firewalls, uh, routers, things like that. How do you remote support for um, computers? Like maybe your your IT supports volunteers, and they don't work there all the time. So if you need support during the day, how do you get it from them to help let them help you? We have some tools we're going to recommend that you can use to get remote support. The other thing we're finding is a lot of churches that are very small. People work out of their homes, and they use VPNs to come back in. Uh, so that's all part of the cloud and the VPN and the IT infrastructure and how you can do that inexpensively, including distributed phone systems, things like that. We're going to go through all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, we're going to talk about software that churches use a lot uh, from membership systems, uh, 
the scheduling systems. We're going to cover that, a lot of different things right there as well. And I'm going to try to bring some people in to talk about some products there as well that have been using it, maybe do some demonstrations. I'm working on a lot of stuff right now. Uh, there's always this battle, Mac versus Windows. Which one's the better? Well, I use a Mac a lot more. I prefer it if Windows. I do use Windows also. I don't have anything against it, but we're going to talk about that. How What's better in the church? Uh, not that one really is better than the other, but different things they can each do for the church uh, and things like that. Um, going to talk about using outsourced services. Uh, and that can be down to support, uh, I mean, leasing printers, you know, for repair and repair, all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, doing backups, very important thing that some people don't do. And we're going to talk about some ways you can do it for very inexpensive, all automatically with no hardware. That's another cloud-based solution we're going to talk about as well. Different ways of connecting to the internet. Do you give your congregation access to a guest network? You know, uh, how do you do it safely without them being able to get into the private network of the church? We're going to go through all that kind of stuff. Uh, talk about some printers. And we're going to talk about some mobile technologies as well. Um, iPhones, iPads, how they work with your email. Uh, things you can do on them for the ministry. Maybe you have a mobile uh, bus ministry or something like that. How you can use devices on there. Um, some software that we use that I'm familiar with, you can do like remote check-ins with it. So as they're picking up people, they can check them in, uh, things like that as well. Print out name tags, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to get into like digital signage. Um, like you have TVs around the church that are putting up, you know, um, event notices, event information, kind of like, a, a uh, upcoming events in a, in a people calling bulletins or programs, uh, things like that. So it's like like a bulletin board kind of putting up notes. Uh, you know, we can put TVs up or digital signs, things like that. We're going to talk about digital signage, all that kind of stuff as well. So we're to talk about some remote control type solutions, uh, lighting. We're getting into stage stuff now, like lighting, fixed lighting, dimmer packs, light boards, intelligent lights, doing lighting design, things like that. And we're going to move on to do some photography. And actually, this is going to be in any particular order at this point. We don't really know the order. Talk about some photography, cameras, lights, uh, special event type uh, videos, uh, drama videos, things like that. Then we're going to move on to security systems, security cameras, uh, parent pagers, like if you want to uh, either page, physically page uh, somebody out of the congregation because their child's having a problem, or what do you do if you want to use a visual page, a visual pager like on the screen or on some kind of moving text sign. We'll talk about that. Uh, purpose of two-way radios and security in your church. Uh, the technology that your security team can use to keep everybody safe. And then we're going to go into some a little more deep things as far as security goes. Uh, if your church is doing like online payments, uh, most people don't understand what PCI is. We're going to go into depth with PCI. Uh, we have <laughs> we're overly familiar with PCI, so. And also, uh, personal information, you know, people don't think about that, especially in the church, you think everything's, you know, all safe. But really, recently, in the last two years, churches have been a big target of hackers and uh, for malware to get PII and credit card information. And we're going to talk about how to protect yourself from that. And then we're going to move on to, like, if you have a church band. So we're talking about keyboards, guitars, drums, MIDI, uh, loop, loop playback, uh, soundboards, both digital and analog, describe the differences, all the different tools that go along with that. Uh, talk about microphones, different ways of doing uh, monitoring for the for the uh, both the singers and the musicians. And there's a bunch of different ways for that. Uh, lighting, projection, video, video formats, and converters, converting from you know, like uh, HDMI to SDI or the opposite direction, things like that. Uh, we're going to talk some video cameras, video mixers, 
So maybe uh, talk about streaming, getting your church streaming your service live every week, and what's needed the, from the basics to on up to a little bit more complicated. Uh, playout software, and I, I'm calling it playout software because I don't think it does more than this, but some people use like PowerPoint or Keynote to put up things on the slides, but just other software, ProPresenter as an example. Um, Scope bubbles out there as well. Uh, that can do this kind of stuff. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of some of those. Well, we've seen them implemented, how they're implemented, different options on how to do that kind of stuff. And we're going to talk about distributing the service, whether it's via CD or DVD. We're going to talk about duplication of that that stuff as well, the tools you can use to duplicate it. Uh, I don't know, some other power and rigging. So, I mean, that's the list, the short list that we've put together of things you want to talk about. So many, many months of content here that we're going to start putting out every week on the Church Technology Show. And we are going to start broadcasting this show live. Uh, we don't have an exact time yet, um, but uh, it will be probably be either Wednesday or Thursday night. And uh, we will put that out there when we get it on the next show. We're gonna, by next year, we'll have a, a date and our day and time. And when you get to that, you can actually come and talk to us live in the chat room, watch us live, interact with us, uh, that's the kind of way we like to do our shows, is to be interactive with our audience. So uh, we'll be doing that in the very near future. All right, let's make sure I covered everything that I wanted to cover on this very first episode. I went a little longer than I was expecting to, this being the very first episode. Yeah, I think I've covered it all. All right, so uh, if you are watching us on YouTube, you're, you're watching us on youtube.com slash techzentv, Click the subscribe button down at the bottom and you'll get notified when we get a new show. That's one of the ways to get uh, notified. If you're watching us and you found us on iTunes, you know, go subscribe to us on iTunes. And as we put up new shows, they will automatically be downloaded directly to your iTunes account and right onto your favorite device. And you can watch or listen to us anywhere. We are almost on Stitcher. Uh, we're not quite there yet. This being our first show, we had to uh, get it all up first before we could, they would get an approval for it. But in the next week or so, we should probably be approved and being on Stitcher as well. Uh, we have a Roku app, and this show will be on the Roku app before anywhere else, actually, because it goes up there within minutes of us like, uh, editing the show at the end of this recording. So that's the first place it'll be. So if you have a Roku and you want to watch it on the big screen, that's the best way to do it as well, is just to go out there and uh, look for the Tech Zen TV channel. And this show is one of the shows that's on our channel, one of the nine or ten shows that we have now running on this channel. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. If you follow uh, Church Technology, just to take the Y off technology, it was just one character too long. So it's Church Technog. And uh, you can see it in the lower third. But uh, yeah, that's how you can follow us on Twitter and you get notified when there's a new episode up there. If you want show notes from all of our shows, and uh, you can go to tech-zen.tv, find the show you want uh, information about, and you can click on the episode that you're interested in and the show notes will be right there. We keep all show notes online all the time. All right, that is it for our very first episode. I'm very excited about this show. I'm looking very much looking forward to it. I got a lot of stuff to cover and this is one of those things that's kind of been tugging at me that I wanted to get out there uh, and teach other people about you know how to, technology can work in your church. So many people are afraid of technology in a church. They think it's a bad thing. Uh, I've even heard people say that it's the devil's work. Well. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying that it is, but if it is, we're gonna use it against him. That's the whole idea of this show is to teach you how to use it to defeat him and uh, to grow your church. That's the whole idea. 
All right, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week on Church Technology. For show notes for this show, contacts, and more, go to the techzen.tv website where you can get show notes for all of our shows. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. We have an email, a Twitter, and a phone number where you can contact us for each show. For details, visit the techzen.tv website and get the show details. You can also make a video and upload it somewhere like YouTube or Vimeo and then just send us a link. You never know, you may see your video in a future show. You can get all of our shows delivered automatically to your favorite device by going to your favorite podcast website like iTunes and subscribing. Each of our shows also has a YouTube channel you can subscribe to to get regular updates. Our shows are also available on most internet radio networks like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can also watch and listen to our shows on Xbox, TiVo, and Roku. You can even find us on your Zoom.